Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Millenniating. I'm Gabrielle. And I'm Dan. And today's topic is going to be one of my personal favorite things to talk about, procrastination. Mm-hmm. And in the spirit of procrastination, uh, we put off all research into this until today. <laughs> um, in true millennial nature. So that's actually not true. What uh, happened was <laughs> I did my reading, I wrote down some nice quotes, and then I... Uh, left my notebook at home and came over Gabby's, so... Which is so common of us. Right, to, I was... like, put the work in and then have it not, uh, not pay off at all. <laughs> like, the other day when I was going to Dan's house, we were supposed to be recording, and instead we ended up brainstorming because I forgot the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so, here's what I have. Um, procrastination. The act of delaying or postponing something, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, I found this nice article on psycho psychologicalscience.org, and with a name like that, who doesn't believe every word they say? Where are you finding these websites? It's a dot .org. <laughs> like, dot .org is the most trustworthy of the dots. It's supposed to be, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so... It, this article is titled, Why Wait? The Science Behind Procrastination by Eric Jaffe. Credit J where credit's due. Yeah, J-A-F-F-E. If I mispronounce that, um, deal with it. <laughs> so, um, I definitely am not going to read his entire article to you, but a few things that I liked. Um, he starts off by saying, believe it or not, the internet did not give rise to procrastination. And then he goes on to talk about quotes from people like uh, the Roman consul Cicero, who called procrastination hateful in the conduct of affairs, um, probably referring to the procrastination of Marcus Antonius, Mark Antony. Um, so we know that there have been procrastinators throughout history. Uh, procrastination is usually a, um, like a, a, it's something that everybody does, right? Yeah. But about 20% of people may be chronic procrastinators where, um, it becomes more of a lifestyle than <laughs> a, an, a, an passing action, right? I definitely live the lifestyle of a procrastinator. I... Like, it's very unfortunate to know that about myself because I want to change it and I work to change it. But I am 100% top-the-line procrastinator. See, I'm going to go into what what I think I am a little bit later. Um, because some of the examples are like, if you have 12 things to do, and you put three of them off, you get like nine things done, you put three off for another time, that's not really procrastination. That's just prioritizing and time management. But if you do two things, then convince yourself that that was a good uh, use of your time. And then uh, you, what is this? He says, uh, the real procrastinator, procrastinator, the real procrastinator, really good at English, has 12 things, maybe does one or two of them, then rewrites their to-do list, then shuffles it around, then makes an extra copy of it. That's procrastinating, and that's different than just putting some things off for another time. Um, 
which makes sense really like if you are finding something to do just to not complete one of your tests that is peak procrastination i i think for me i like i definitely procrastinate some things um but i think i'm more forgetful (laughs) than i am intentionally procrastinating Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i uh Sometimes there are just, like, so many things going on in my head and that I have to do that a lot of that stuff just kind of flies away. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% that person that if you ask me on Sunday to, you know, hey, can we, like, vacuum and get a couple of these things done on Wednesday? I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's not a problem. It's my day off. I'll do it then. Nope, gone. That thought will leave my head within five minutes of that conversation. Oh, I know. This has happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Wednesday when you're like, hey, did you vacuum? And I'm like, no, did you want me to? Yeah. Like, it's just gone. Yeah, we've definitely had days, and I think both of us have done it, but I don't remember my fault. <laughs> no, we've had days where we're like, okay, let's plan. Like, we'll meet up Thursday, and we'll, like, get one podcast done, and then we'll plan the next one. And then Thursday comes around, and you'll text me like, hey, what date do you want to meet up? <laughs> and I'm like, today? When we play? If we're supposed to meet up in two hours? Like, what What happened to this plan? It's written down in this text. Just scroll Just up. Scroll up. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Or I forget about one of the millions of doctor's appointments that I have to go to that I've scheduled that week. And I'm like, oh, I got the reminder call this morning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, I think there is, that we have to have a distinction between procrastination and disorganization. And that distinction, according to this article, is basically, um, the, it's the gap between intention and action. If you intend to do something and then you put it off, if you, if you intend to get something done and then you also intentionally delay it, you are procrastinating if you intend to get something done and other things come up that get in the way or you forget about it that's not a necessarily positive thing but it's not necessarily procrastination that's true that's true and i don't i don't think i'm a very disorganized person that's a lie um i'm i'm very disorganized when it comes to like stuff but not my life Please be more specific. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I have a pretty hectic schedule between my work schedule changes every single week. It's different every week. That's mm-hmm. the life of a nurse. Um, between that, I also coach. I do all of this. I try to schedule shoots. Like, and granted, a lot of that stuff is personal aspirations that, sure, if I didn't genuinely have the time for it, I wouldn't do it. But I think I do a really good job of juggling all of those things and juggling all of those appointments and arriving on time to most of them and um, scheduling them with an appropriate amount of time and um, and getting in both friends and family. I think in the overall arch of life, I do a really good job keeping my life organized. Do I spread myself way too thin and are there, is my desk an absolute wreck? No. Yes. I'm looking at it right now. There's nothing a wreck about that. That whole top shelf is just utter fuckery. It's bags that you haven't sorted yet. 
but I've seen worse and I've created worse. Well, that's good. I'm actively trying because Kevin is not an unneat person. Yeah, his desk is definitely like it's well organized. Right. He has all his Funko Pops on one side. Yeah. And just empty space for the aesthetic. Yeah, he's very organized it and looks good. clean and it's good. It's really good. And I'm not saying I'm necessarily dirty. Like I'm not a dirty person, but our bedroom is not the way he would want it to be right mm -hmm. now. I just have too much stuff <laughs> and I will always have too much stuff because I'm never going to be able to afford a place that has enough storage for me. You don't say that. Our our listeners, we're going to we'll be able to afford it one day. They like hearing us. Yeah, but I, yeah, you know, I just, uh, no, I accumulate, like, no, I accumulate things. I need like a storage room. I'm also a hoarder of things. I'm not like a genuine hoarder. I'm not one of those people that belongs on that show, but I am a hoarder of things that I think will eventually be like good to have, you know? And, um, like Beanie Babies, like Beanie Babies and <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> I don't have those anymore, but like, um, like plastic bags or big Amazon boxes, you know, like stuff like yeah. that can really come in handy. But that's why our front hall closet just has a box of boxes in it. And, um, you know, and then we bought, but then there's Kevin, we bought new curtain rods. Mm -hmm. And like the one, the one for this room came with an extra extension for it to be longer. And he was like, all right, well, we're not going to use this, so I'll throw it out. And of course, I'm like, well, what if? What if we do need it eventually? And he's like, it's cheap. We'll get a better one. I'm throwing this out. Yeah. I'll and I would that. not have. I would have put it in the closet and kept it. I have like a Jekyll and Hyde in my head about these things because <laughs> I have seen what hoarding becomes. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone in my family has something they hoard to a, a certain degree. Mm -hmm. um, and my grandmom for a while and possibly still, but... Um, she was basically hoarding mail because she didn't want to go through it. She didn't have the time. She wasn't making the time. So she would put it in a bag and then she had bags of like spam mail in her garage. So we at one point were cleaning out our garage and we just like went through it and we're like, most of this is advertisements. Um, but also there's, there's other reasons for that. Like, and I think a lot of it comes in with anxiety and she had some anxiety because she had heard, um, there's rumors all the time about like, if someone gets mail with your name on it, they can use it to like, oh, steal yeah. your identity, yeah. My mom's like sign that. up for credit cards we and things everything. like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, I mean, there's probably some truth to it. There's probably some exaggeration to it. Sure. I don't pay attention to it cause I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to shred everything. Right. I, I don't have that. I don't even have a shredder. <laughs> I don't I either. Manually... I take stacks into work and put them in the patient <laughs> confidential bin, and then it gets I shredded that way. I just wait until I'm frustrated and go to town ripping it up. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, but that's the other thing. I think some hoarders become hoarders because of procrastination. They keep putting off finding what it's useful for and mm -hmm. an appropriate place to put it. Because it's, oh, I'll get there. It's a feedback loop, definitely. Oh, like big you, time. You procrastinate something, and then the task becomes bigger, and then you have more to do, so you procrastinate it. And then even by the time you get to the task, you will do some of it, and then be like, oh, I just uh, 
I did one load of laundry. Oh my god, I was just gonna say, okay, hold on, we'll put that on hold. Laundry is my like, laundry is my number one thing that I procrastinate, and we will talk about that in a second. I very want to briefly go over the positives and negatives of procrastination. Oh because, yeah, we're at, a, we're at that segment. Yeah, because I think the negatives of procrastination are so obvious, and it's that mm -hmm. things don't get done. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The most negative thing about procrastination is that things don't get done. And a lot of the time it can be like important things or deadlines. And sure, you know, in college, you every now and then have that paper that you put off and you put off and put off. So you email your professor and you're like, oh, I've really not been feeling well. Like, can I get a day extension? And then you bullshit the whole thing and submit it. That only works so many times. And if you're a lifelong procrastinator, you run out of excuses very quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's some obvious harms behind procrastination. So I'm going to take my turn here and say, I think the real distinction comes in when we get to that chronic procrastination, when it becomes like part of your lifestyle and you're so used to it that you don't even like think of the other ways to get something done first. That becomes this negative feedback loop where you are constantly anxious about something like we've all put something off and then during a long car ride been like oh my god that thing i haven't taken the trash out <laughs> in two weeks and i've been staring at the lid that is a jar <laughs> on the trash can because there's too much in that bag and i know when i get home it's gonna smell and I can only hope that I do not forget. <laughs> well, the smell would remind you, right? It might. <laughs> but you'd be surprised how many times you like get home and you go like right to the bathroom and then you go right to your room and you don't spend enough time in the living space to even think about it. To smell your stanky Ugh. trash. Can. And then you wake up the next day and you walk out to like grab coffee and it's the first thing you smell and you're like, <laughs> I've let it faster. But then at that point, you're running right. late for work. Yep. So you're like, I gotta get it when I get home or I'm yep. gonna be late. Yep. So you run out the door and it's gross. I think the invention of the snooze alarm has the snooze button also adds to procrastination. I think that's the, the snooze button is the <laughs> ultimate reinforcement of, oh, I have two more minutes. Mm -hmm. Or per, for some reason, the iPhone, you have seven more minutes or is it nine it's nine nine minutes is how long that snooze button lasts for it's not a perfect 10 it's nine minutes huh I yes. wonder why. is if you push snooze on your alarm on your phone it gives you nine more minutes of sleep which is nothing the reality of nine minutes of closing your eyes is legitimately nothing yeah because if you do fall back asleep you hit either REM or stage one and ripping yourself back out of that in nine minutes does not make you feel more restful. No. Um, but I definitely think that's reinforced some morning procrastination in your average adult. But what's something positive that can come out of procrastination? So I think that in this day and age, everyone feels overworked. Mm -hmm. Even like, like right now it's summer. I don't have a job to do right now. Um, I am always tired. <laughs> Me too. Like, just thinking about doing something is overwhelming at some points. 
The so, number of times Dan and I have gotten together and then just been like, do you want to just sleep on the couch? Can and we just we take do. a nap? <laughs> we do it all the time. We are actually millenniating <laughs> since podcasting about it. <laughs> we take naps. <laughs> I love a good nap. And yeah. naps, naps help me procrastinate also, but naps are also important. I usually don't remember dreams from a night's sleep, but I will remember dreams from a nap. That makes sense. You go through less cycles, more mm-hmm. storage. You're more likely to wake up during REM. And... Which is not always great because no. I have some crazy dreams. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> if you're going to have some inspiration for some creative thing, like you, you want to remember some dreams. Snapping is a useful tool. So my positive about procrastination is if done in moderation, it's basically really just giving yourself permission to put something down. That's a really good way to look at it, actually. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, like if you have 20 things to do and that is going to ruin the rest of your day. And they're not due by the end of the day or the next day. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> I mean, put it down. Go do something. The best way to make it, um, to keep it positive is to have an exit plan. Like, you give yourself permission to procrastinate, but make sure that you have an alarm set for when you need to get back to work. Or make sure that at the end of that procrastination, you go and grab some espresso from Starbucks so you don't accidentally fall asleep at like six o'clock and you get your like the rest of your night to actually do some things like have your exit plan and allow yourself to do something restful i am an early bedtime kind of a person i am capable of staying up late sometimes um some of my friends will disagree with that because their idea of late and my idea of late is very different but I am capable of staying up late. Most of the time I choose not to because I think I function better if I get up earlier in the day than if I do staying up late to get something or do something. And I've been that way since high school. It it was the same thing with studying. Like majority of high schoolers and college kids, if you ask them, they'll be like, oh, I stayed up till 3 a.m. cramming. You know, like that's what they did. They stayed up late and stuffed everything in their head and then went to sleep and took the exam. I would go to sleep at eight and then get, set my alarm for five and get up and study for four hours before my 9 a.m. exam and then just go to bed early again. It's the same thing with like my days off, right? Even if I have nothing to do the next day and I'm tired the night before, like I'll just go to bed. And then I'll get up at seven and I'll, I feel like, I feel more like I have my whole day. Whereas if I go to bed late and sleep in late, which for some people late is like 11, 12, one o'clock, mm-hmm. my whole day feels gone already. See, I am the total opposite. Like, <laughs> um, I have energy in the morning, but I dip in the middle of the day like three four five o'clock i have nothing to go on but then by eight i am wired again like i get my second wind and i will stay up i'll st- if i'm consuming some kind of media 
which I typically am by that time of <laughs> night. Like I'm either watching a show or reading a book or reading a comic or mm-hmm. listening to music or listening to a podcast. Like there's so many things, even just browsing Reddit and yeah. reading some of the the creepy pasta stories. <laughs> like there's so much to enjoy. I will not look at the clock and I I might be up to like four or five sometimes. I and can't then, do that. But See, like my, I said, I have energy in the morning too, so I'll, I'll get up around eight or nine usually. Yeah. I, uh, see, my second wind comes around five or six mm-hmm. at night um, because seeing those times on the clock for me automatically triggers the thought process of dinner, dinner and food and cooking and getting energy from my food. And so I'm like, all right, it's five, it's six. And I feel the same way at work too around the same time. Cause once you hit five o'clock on a 12 hour shift, that last two hours is like nothing because you're finishing your last set of meds, you're catching up on your documentation and your relief is usually in by like 6.30, 6.45. Mm-hmm. And then once you're giving report, it's like a blink of an eye the rest of the time. So that's where I get my second wind. Um, See, I, I, I don't know why, but I don't really get energy from food. But I, I frequently eating. need a food coma nap afterwards. Yeah, but my... I think it's more the excitement of consuming <laughs> food that wakes me up than actually consuming food. Love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I usually get tired after I eat. Yeah. I have a big dip. So, I mean, during the as a teacher, during the school day, there were so many days that I just did not eat. Yeah. I might have a snack, but I knew like if I ate during my lunchtime, the next class would have me at my lowest energy of the day. Yeah, I've had to keep lunch on the lighter side. Yeah. Or like eat lunch, eat lunch quickly at the beginning of my break and give like me the rest of my break to like veg Mm -hmm. to try to get past that, that downward swing that it can cause sometimes. But I definitely see that. I see that. So what about something... Well, did you... Oh, wait, you said positive. I did That's my right. positive. You did your positive. Turn. So my positive is that some people actually work better under a crunch period. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, some adults figure that out early in life because they're procrastinators, and then they use it to their advantage. And, um, like, I know some people who know that about themselves, so now when they have projects they, they need to get done, they intentionally deadline it some with with other people you know what i mean like somebody else has to keep them accountable they deadline it for the next two days because they know that if they give themselves that short time frame they'll get it done and they'll get it done great Mm -hmm. um this i i was actually pretty good at doing some things under a crunch period um most things i don't but um for some reason the one thing that i was really really good at procrastinating was full research papers. I kid you not. It would take me one or two days to get my sources and I would pick my quotes and then I would just plug and chug those quotes. And the reason it was so easy for me to procrastinate my papers was because once I sat down and started typing, once I had my quotes and I had an idea of where I wanted to put them in terms of my thought process, my paper was just stream of consciousness, you Mm -hmm. know? And supported by these quotes. Uh, for example, in college, when I had to take comp two, 
um, we had to do a 15-page research paper that was due in increments, okay? It was due at like six pages, nine pages, 11 pages, and then your final copy. And for all of those deadlines, I got up that morning after only finding my articles in class like two or three days before and picking quotes and then just writing. Mm -hmm. And um, and, I, and quote manipulation became my favorite thing to do because sometimes you can't always find articles that support what you're saying. So what you do is you find an article that's against what you're saying, but summarizes what other people say and then you just take that quote that supports you and you put it in the paper and you source that article. So what you're saying is sometimes you realize that you're wrong yep. and instead of changing your thesis, mm -hmm. you just manipulate the data. Yep. Beautiful. But that's, but I, I mean, that's usually on, now granted, in comp and in writing classes, you're usually doing this about plays and books right. and fiction. Yeah, no, this isn't like, we're, we're just so we're on the same page, you're not trying to prove that a medication is good for something, right? Yeah, like, no, 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 no. You are in the medical field, yes. I'm, I'm sweating a little bit. Over. I, I enjoy quote manipulating fiction like my and i my yeah, um as long as we're all the same yeah my paper was on um oh my god that um it was a play it was like the good husband or something like that by oscar wilde um and it's this this old time play um that you know it follows these three girls and the guys that they might marry and all this stuff and um it's it's not called The Good Husband. I can't remember what it's called for some reason right now. I'm totally blanking. Cool. But people I don't know what it is. Yeah. So. But people have different opinions on if you like, know what we're talking about better than we do, I please I inform probably us. Look it up, but I don't it doesn't want matter. That, like, blank if space it bugs here, the audience, they'll, they'll tell look it up. us. <laughs> There's probably all of two people screaming right now <laughs> that they know what it is. Yeah, but <laughs> and, you know, so it people's perspective of you know of this play is um it's very it's very different from person to person and the way that it's been interpreted and so um i picked a very very opposite end um perspective of it because i thought it was an interesting way to look at it and i had to manipulate quotes because very few people looked at it that way i could find things that like supported me but it was hard. Yeah. So that crunch time, yeah, that can be positive for some people. For and some, for some if, people. Uh, again, going back, as long as it's not your an ideal husband, that's what it's called. I apologize. <laughs> an ideal husband is what it's called. Yeah, as long as it's not your like everyday go-to, because crunch time is very like bad for your body it's oh yeah high anxiety high stress high high burnout like you you can save that for some things and be like okay i'm gonna um kick it into high gear and i get think crunch this time done. crunch time workouts are really good too again i i think it has to be moderation because your body is going to give up on you after a while of that maybe i'm just getting old <laughs> <laughs> he said at the ripe age of 26 28 is a rough year for your back, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. 
Yeah. So, so my personal thing is what we already said when it comes to procrastination. Laundry is my number one thing that I procrastinate. And I see the memes everywhere and it's so accurate. I so can like, wash all of my clothes in half a day, no problem. I will do it accordingly. Each time the washer is done, I will swap it. You know, I plan my activities around like the hour it takes to wash and dry clothes. Let's get a little cinematic with this. Like, give me a give me a play by play. What what goes on in the day of procrastination if you know it's laundry day? If I know it's laundry yeah, day. Yeah, like you walk. What was this? Does it start when you wake up, or is it like when you get home from work? Or? It usually so it starts when I wake up. And I, I get up, I have my breakfast, I'll turn the TV on, and I'll I'll do my morning veg or I watch a couple episodes or something. And then by like 11, I'm like, all right, I should really get this started. So I split my laundry, I sort it out, darts, lights, or like um, we usually sort, we like put our scrubs to a separate and that's its own load, so it doesn't mix in with everything else. So I'll do those first to make sure that we both have clean clothes for work and then I'll go do my darts and I'll do my lights last and stuff and so I'll plan I'll plan it by the hour right so I'll throw that first load in and then I'll come to my computer and I'll go through emails or I'll make my list of other things I need to get done and then I'll throw the second load in and I'll eat lunch and I'll go run an errand outside and then I'll get back and I'll do the next one and then when I'm done all of the loads which is usually only three or four even if I let my hamper like overflow it's usually three or four loads total and then they sit in the basket for three to seven days. And my mother, my sisters, <laughs> Kevin, they can all vouch for it. And it'll be four o'clock in the afternoon and I'll be done and I'll be looking at the baskets and I'll be going, I'll pull out my socks. And I'll pull out my socks and then I'll, all right, I can, uh, I put these shorts in a drawer and I'll pull the drawer, pull the shorts, I'll just throw them in there. But then when it comes to things that I actually have to fold and hang up and really put away properly nope whole lot of nope i can do that tomorrow mm -hmm. oh i can do that in four days oh my next day off is next tuesday i'll do it then mm -hmm. always and i'll live out of that basket yeah i can that that's the detail that i really relate to with this like, <coughs> i too will like do laundry out of a basket to get dressed but laundry for me is the opposite like laundry is what i use to procrastinate Really? So, like, my... But let's pick a task. Uh, what do I need to do? So, I need to enter students' grades into the online database. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, <coughs> I know that my book bag has my laptop and my papers in it that have all the grades on a, a chart. Mm -hmm. Okay, that book bag is sitting next to the couch so that I can see it when I wake up and go into the living room. I see that book bag, I go, okay, I'm gonna get everything out of that, put it on the table, set my little workspace, and get things done. Okay, well, you know, when you first wake up, you have to go to the bathroom, right? Yep. So you wake up, you go out, oh, look, there's my book bag, but you know, bathroom first. Right. So you go, you go, like, bathroom's done, brushing teeth, flossing, uh, you know, on days when you have stuff to do, you definitely use your Listerine rinse and you get Dental all 30, 30 to 60 <laughs> seconds of that swish in. You cannot forget it. Nope. Dental hygiene is very important. <laughs> so, 
after that's done, it's like, okay, Jenna, maybe take my shower now. Let's get it out of the way. Yep. So that I don't, like... Because you don't want to touch your clean clothes with your dirty body, right? Well, honestly, really, like, what's going to happen is if some emergency happens and I have to just get up and go, I don't want to go dirty. Duh. So I have to be ready for emergencies at least. So I'm <laughs> going to take my shower, get dressed, and, like, ready to go out somewhere just in case. Just in case, okay. Okay, shower's done. I already brushed my teeth because I thought ahead. Dental hygiene, people. And then I got to deal with this hair. <laughs> and it's always on the worst hair day, oh, right? Man. You, Your busiest day, your hair does not cooperate. Mm -hmm. So you get your, uh, your pomade, you're, like, rubbing it in. You're like, why is this one little piece, like, going to the left when the rest are going to the right? So you brush it a few, like, hundred times. <laughs> All the while, that book bag is calling to you. <laughs> Come open me. Important papers are inside. All you need to do is put numbers on the computer. So it's there. It's in your head. But you know what you don't have to stare at while it's happening? Laundry. <laughs> Here we go. I have you know, just come to the conclusion that if I'm doing something at home, there should be a load of laundry going through the cycle. That's a really, that's actually a really good way to multitask. Right, because if I put it in mm -hmm. to the washer, I have like 30 minutes before I even have to look at it again. And right. then you put it in the dryer and it's usually like 45 minutes in the dryer that's a lot of downtime in between. Yeah. Okay, so you get your clothes and you separate them. Mm -hmm. I don't consider that part of the time, so mm -hmm. that takes a little bit. You separate your clothes into like, you know, at least, at the very least, like pants and shirts. Because if you put shirts in with pants and anything that has a zipper, you're gonna get your shirts, they're, they're gonna snag. And oh my god, get those I little never holes. do that. Oh, I cannot put any of my shirts in with something that has a zipper. The only thing, like a hoodie with a zipper goes in with pants. Oh my but god. I, I don't even, I barely sort them into darks or lights anymore. I mean, I do. I don't do that. But it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's really like things that I don't potentially want to get messed up based on mm -hmm. the other things that they're being washed with them and then everything else. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, um... I definitely, my biggest assortment is things with a zipper, things without a zipper. Very interesting. I've actually never heard of anybody doing that either. Oh, I've had so many little holes in my shirts that I just had <laughs> over time. I was just like, nope, it's not happening. Very interesting. Done, Done with that. Okay. Also, every load of laundry should have one or two towels in it and not separate your towels entirely. This is not science. Do not quote me on this. I was going to say, well, I separate my towels completely. Towels okay. get their own load. They get heavy-duty wash. Oh, they get, so they get a little bit more it. fabric softener. When I do an entire load of just towels, that takes twice as long to dry. Well, you're putting too many towels in. Well, I have a lot of towels. <laughs> I don't okay. know what... I don't know if you're one of those, like... One towel lasts three days, people. No. One towel lasts once. It's one towel. You were dirty when you, like, went in that shower. You're wiping your dry skin, like, off onto it. 
I'm not reusing that towel. I am. I am one of those people. I am. Yep, that towel lasts three days. So at the end of the week, I have seven towels. <laughs> From the shower. Now, if I use it to like yeah. go to the pool or the beach, that's different because right. it's chlorine and it's salty, and then you get that on you next time you use it whenever. But each time I step out of the shower and use my towel, I am clean, and it is just wet. Yeah. So no. I reuse it. <laughs> then it's wet, and then it sits overnight drying off in air quotes you can't see yeah no it's wet that's gross all right all right all right okay off the soapbox now um so each load has one or two towels in it because then you don't get that towel load that takes like three hours to dry mm -hmm. and clogs the lint up so that you have to like open it and clean the lint roll uh catcher out like you. three times during that drying cycle mm -mm, not dealing with that <laughs> no thank you um so, so dan likes to procrastinate emptying the lip trap too so this all is just sorting the laundry but then you Jesus. throw the laundry in and you let it go okay so while that laundry's in there in in my house mm -hmm. the way it's set up is you have to walk through the kitchen to get to the laundry room. Yes, it is. So once you walk out of that laundry room, you are in the kitchen. And you want a snack. You need breakfast. That would right? happen to me every time if you, I lived in your house. You have, you just did laundry. You got your shower out of the way. You didn't eat yet. Nope, you're famished. You got it. have your breakfast or brunch, whatever you want to have <laughs> at that point. So you, uh, I uh, throw the hot water on so I can make some coffee mm -hmm. and while that coffee's boil while that water's boiling for coffee I uh, find something from the fridge that was leftovers and mm -hmm. I heat it up and then I eat but you you know you make the coffee you get it all set up once that food is done you can't take your important school papers out no you gotta finish the food while it's hot you gotta eat the food first because yeah. I'm a slav and You'll get it all over your papers. And the computer. Like, oh, yeah. It's not going to be a good situation I with love food how much, everywhere. how much logic procrastinators put behind what they're using yeah. to procrastinate. I mean, would you eat spaghetti with red sauce over important papers? No, you wouldn't. No. Would you eat hot soup over a computer? No. Would I eat either of those things for brunch? No. <laughs> Well, that's a personal choice, <laughs> and we differ. <laughs> so, at this point, you're like, okay, you, you, you got your food, you ate it, and what are you going to do while you're eating but put something on the TV? Yep, and then you get to So, you watch that. an episode, you're done your food, but you, you're going to finish the episode of before course. you get to work. Now, by the time that episode's done, your first load of laundry is ready to go in the dryer. So you put it in the dryer, you throw your next load of laundry in, and you actually have like 20 minutes. This is where I feel guilty about not getting the work done because I really have no excuse. Mm -hmm. But Jim is such a cute cat. <laughs> you haven't given him any attention He's yet He's been morning? screaming at me this entire time. And for those of you who have listened to our other episodes... You know I'm not lying. He's no, a talker. Literally, there are, like, he just... You're just sitting there, and he's constantly... He's like, meow, you have not meow. played with me. So for the 20 minutes that I should have gotten the work started, 
I have the cat, and I gotta play with him. He needs his exercise. <laughs> so that happens, and then, you know, I hear the the dryer go off eventually. You get that buzz. Um, and, you know, this... Okay, so I said 20 minutes. That's probably... It's longer, I, but... That's it's okay. much longer. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so the dryer goes off. You're like, okay, just gotta swap the, the loads out, but... You put the next load in the, the dryer, the next load in the washer, then you have to fold. Nope. So I fold all of those things. Now, I do fold them and put them back into the basket. Why? Because I don't fold them in my room. I fold them in the living room. Oh. So my logic is that if I fold all of the clothes and I put them in the basket, then they're already folded. I can bring it into my room and then just put them all away at once. Nope, see my logic is, is why intermittently fold your clothes when you can just fold all of them at once and put them away as soon as you folded them. Because if I forget to fold them, then they are a wrinkled mess. So at least they're not wrinkling in the basket. That's true. Mine just sit in the basket. Yeah. I'm a wrinkled mess. My scrubs are wrinkly and um, somebody said that to me once too. They were like, well, aren't you concerned about how unprofessional that where it looks? And I'm like, I wipe butts. <laughs> like, like I mean, I take care of stroke patients, and there's a lot more to what I do. But still, at some point in time during my day, I wipe a butt. No, I don't care how many wrinkles are in my scrubs. I was at a family reunion, and my uh, one of my cousins was telling me her son's about my age. Mm -hmm. um, and she was saying to him, like, you cannot go out in that shirt. It's totally wrinkled. Like, you're going to look like a slob. And he went, yeah, but my pants are wrinkled too, so it matches. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her and I went, well, that's sound logic. I don't, I don't know what... Not like, I, I really can't wrong? argue with it. Like, <laughs> he, it. If everything on you is an even amount of wrinkled, it looks like a choice. Oh and in this day and age, if it's a choice, it's fashion. That's so true that's so true so, so that's my that's my like that that goes on and on and on but like that that type of day where I do laundry and then in between I might like wash the dishes <laughs> and that'll be the day I remember to take the trash out yep. and like that'll be the day that I remember to call my grandma like it's all these things that you constantly are like I need to do this I need to do this I need to and you forget about mm -hmm. and then you have one major priority that has to do with work. Yep. And, then, <laughs> and you get everything done. else on your list done. And that's the thing. Usually if you ask a procrastinator or somebody who has procrastinated something why they procrastinated it, they'll do exactly what we both did, mm -hmm. which is have every logical sound explanation that they can for that day right. ready right. to go. Because you... Because you do it for to, yourself, right? You right, walk you have yourself, to tell yourself through that logic. That what you're doing is worth your time. Yeah, it's a, it's it's so true. So what do you do to try to help your procrastination problem? Oh my goodness, um, I get the laundry done. <laughs> <laughs> he I, does his laundry. I make sure that while I'm procrastinating, I'm at least being productive. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, it's such a hard thing. I. I am a crunch time abuser. Like, I would wait until midnight and then be like, I have to be awake in six hours. I'm going to get everything I need to get done done in the next hour. And I will do it. Like, right. between midnight and one, I will, like, crunch time get it done. 
uh, I have to admit, like, yeah, quality goes down after a certain point. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's oh, yeah. not the best work you could do, and you feel guilty about it, but so but ending the procrastination cycle is so hard. I'm sure. My biggest problem is, so besides the procrastination part, I also forget things a lot. Like, a lot. Um... My mom frequently tells me I am far too young to have this many memory issues. Um, I can remember that I have 14 appointments scheduled in one month, but I will forget the most minuscule things. So I have started making lists. And in the beginning of this cast, you mentioned how in there it talks about how procrastinators make a list and then they do two things and then they rewrite the list and they do that mm -hmm. over and over again. And that's their way of procrastinating. I make my lists so ungodly long so that I don't procrastinate them mm -hmm. because, you know, if there are so many things that I have to get done today, then I'm more likely to actually do them. And even though I know in the back of my head that I'm not going to get it all done and I don't expect to get all of it done, the more I do today, the less I have to do tomorrow. And if I only have those two days off between work days, then I want some of the day the next day to actually spend time on myself and veg. And so seeing it all in front of me doesn't overwhelm me. It, it forces me to be organized. So, but that's not going to work for everybody. That's just something that I've found helps me. Now, has that helped my laundry procrastination issue? No, it's helped my other issues. And, and like, it's the simplest logic as to why it's because once they're clean and they're in the basket, they're clean. They're usable. There's like, like us neatly putting our clothes away, realistically, realistically, is a very modern thing, you know? And, yeah. and we put them away very neatly for exactly what you just said, you know, wrinkles. And so they still look nice and so that there's organization to your clothes. And so we can pretend to participate in a high class society. Right, right, right. So in my head, they're clean. So they're usable. And that's, that's, that's as far as I need to take mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? So I haven't, I haven't quite figured out how to fix the next part. And I've done everything I can think of. I like hyper sort my clothes so that more of them are easy to put away because I hate folding things. I have a cubby of four drawers. I put my socks in one drawer, my underwear in another, my sports tank tops in one and all of my shorts that aren't jeans shorts in the other. So that those four categories of clothes are super simple to pull out of the laundry and just drop in a drawer. I don't fold them, that's just what they do. And then my t-shirt drawer, while well, I have some t-shirts I sleep in and some t-shirts I work out in and some t-shirts that I go out in and they're exclusively in those categories. So I've given myself more categories so that I'll put more clothes away initially because they're easier to put away, but I still have not accomplished fixing the whole issue. So if anybody has any tips for me, help yeah. me out because I cannot figure it out short of somebody else doing it for me, which yeah. I don't want because I have a very specific way that I put my clothes away and it makes me feel even more lazy when somebody else does those things for me. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm capable of doing it like the dishes in the sink after dinner. You know what I mean? I've just cooked. I don't always want to clean them right away. Most people clean them right away. So 
Like sometimes I'll just leave them there and then before bed I'll wash them then and when somebody else does them for me it's usually because they're just being nice and like that's super appreciated but I also feel extra lazy for not doing it in the it's like, first don't place. Don't enable this. Yes. Don't yes. enable my laziness. That's exactly it. I appreciate your kindness. But if you do it too often, you are also enabling me. And it makes me feel bad. Yeah, it makes me realize just how lazy I am. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Um, so the only other yeah. thing we haven't really touched upon is relating it to the other generations. Jen's X and Z. X and um, Z. Everybody, I that's, don't know. I feel like procrastination is, very, is transcendent. It is. It, uh, I... I think the things that we procrastinate are very different though. Yeah. For example, you couldn't really procrastinate laundry, you know, like, cause you had to, you used to have to hand wash and hang, you know, hang to dry. Mm -hmm. And then there was, you know, and then even when you had a washer washer, some people still hung to dry. And you know, if you leave clothes wet too long, they reek. And I'm sure that's a problem in any mm -hmm. time frame, you know? Um, so I feel like maybe the, things people procrastinated have changed like mm -hmm. thank you notes oh my god when i was a kid and you had to hand write thank you notes after big events mm -hmm. birthday parties communion stuff like that i put that off forever yeah granted today it's still nice to receive a handwritten one but today you can do just like email thank you notes it's really easy to do generic hit select all from the people you initially invited and then poof Send, you know yeah I mean a lot of times if it's a big event like a wedding or some something people will send out personalized ones but you can even just do a like a, a personalized email mm -hmm. is still nice yeah and still a lot easier to create than and I don't ones. feel guilty throwing it out right right because it's, <laughs> like it's email. not gonna sit yeah. in a box of mm -hmm. memorabilia it's gonna sit online in an inbox. Right. And like your grandma, instead of like today, in, if she was a, a young adult today, instead of hoarding all of her mail, she would hoard emails. Yeah. And that is significantly less obstructive, like, obstructive and obnoxious than mm -hmm. it is to hoard regular mail. So people don't think about that. Yeah. I regularly go through my email, honestly, sometimes. Like, especially on my phone, if I'm on the train or something, I'll scroll all the way back and be like, oh, these are from four years ago. Click, 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 delete. don't bother. I don't bother. It's not necessary, email. but, like, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't really know. I mean, I think kids, I think the generation below us now, I think one of the bigger things that a lot of them are procrastinating, like you said, it can be a good thing. I think a lot of them are procrastinating making decisions for their adulthood, what what they're gonna, a lot less kids are declaring majors in their freshman year of college because yeah. they just don't know. And today there's a lot less pressure to decide, I feel like, because our generation is very like, don't go study, you don't something like. You don't something like, oh my God. Don't, you know what I mean? I tell people that all the time, actually. Don't just pick a major to pick a major. Go undecided, check some things out, and oh, then, you know, I tell like, people, like, go on YouTube yeah. and learn about it before you decide to put money into right. it. Right. More people are taking and gap years. And... Honestly, go figure out how much it pays. Like, yeah. really, like, there's a, there's a, there is something nice about going into a field that you love, but getting a degree in that field is not always, always the, the right path. Mm -hmm. Like, 
if you're going into music and you don't want to be like a music teacher mm -hmm. in a classroom you don't really need a degree you do no you don't really need a degree you need experience right so now there's experience in getting a degree it's there's right. great things that you learn from going through a program but logically you're better off doing that as a minor or even just like go start performing somewhere yeah. mm -hmm. like if i tell my students now my private students like get your YouTube channel set up. If you're the only one that watches it, that's still you producing content. Right, and building your own portfolio. And it's making something that you can watch back and mm -hmm. critique yourself. And yeah, it's a professional portfolio. Right, it's the same thing, as, like, and, and that applies to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Kevin watches this one engineer on YouTube. I have no idea what his name is. I, honestly, I think it's Michael or something like that. He's an electrical engineer and he's hysterical and his subscribers comment really stupid ideas. Like one of them was a microwave that only activates when you scream at it. And the whole episode is about how stupid this idea is, but because mm -hmm. so many people wanted it done, he did it. And that's, and that's what he does. So he has, so he is an engineer and now he, mm -hmm. I'm sure he's doing real things too, but he creates these little things for entertainments of others and for his own fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it took forever to get people to watch that, but he did it cause he liked it. You and know? if it's entertaining enough that eventually you might make some ad revenue off of it or something like that too. Right. And it can become a secondary mm -hmm. uh, source of income, but really like w the world's at a strange point right now where right. money is very hard to come by very i think and our generation also procrastinates um health insurance a lot i think our generation does because it's so hard to understand mm -hmm. especially if you're not provided it through work like work for me breaks it down so i can see basic health care mm -hmm. dental vision i see what I i'm mean, paying for each this is why we're so jealous of other countries that have universal health care because they don't need to know all of the fine details that we need to know right? they just can walk into a place and say like this is the problem and they get the health care mm -hmm. we have to do like a research paper on it and then write a research paper to the freaking insurance companies trying to explain to them why they should pay for your your procedure that they should be paying for anyway yeah. like it's it, it, the system here is crazy mm -hmm. so i don't really I, I like you said i feel like procrastination is just something that's it's personal it's across the board i think um, your standard ones are chores i'll say this i think that media becomes more of a procrastination tool the the younger you are right now the meaning yeah. The, the older generations had less media to distract them and become like a, an excuse for procrastination. Right. Um, there was a point where like, you know, our grandparents listened to the radio for entertainment. Right. So they would do everything around the time that they wanted that radio show. That radio yeah. show was going to come on and make sure it was done. But think about listening to the radio. You're not sitting watching mm -hmm. anything. You, it's in your imagination. You can get menial tasks done while listening to the radio. Yeah. I put headphones on and listen to things while doing the dishes. But if I'm watching a TV show, I have to sit yeah. and watch it. Yeah. Um, so now that everything's more visual and, and um, instantaneous, our too. generation is very big with video games, but Gen Z is even more so like kids are growing up with intense video games. Mm -hmm. 
And that's not just eyes on a screen. That's hands on a controller. Oh, yeah. And the more distractions there are, the more reasons you can come up with to procrastinate. Yeah, I'm actually really interested to find out to find out totally different topic. I'm really interested to find out the difference between our generations and the types of games that they like. I feel like, and this is just from like personal observations, I'm not sure how accurate it is. I feel like our generation appreciates games that have like a main story mode, but also, you know, a non-major mm -hmm. accomplishment mode so that you can do one or the other. And I, I feel like the generation below us is not about that main plot line anymore. You know what I mean? Like Red Dead Redemption had that whole plot line and story yeah. that you play through. And a lot of people who played it actually like sat and they watched the mm -hmm. clips in between and went with the storyline. And I kind of feel like the generation below us doesn't do that as much. They just kind of click, 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 click. Like if they're playing the main storyline. I'm curious to see how that plays out over time because that could just be age. It could be, totally. I mean, they might just be... Because we are young adults. When we were younger, the storylines were so much simpler, like... Yeah. It, like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Right, like... I loved those storylines, and they kept them a lot shorter, too. Yeah. You know, like Spyro, for instance, you know, each time you went to the next realm or something, they'd real quick be like, oh, there's 13 eggs in this realm and mm -hmm. two super bosses. How quickly can you get to it? And that was it. Well, like your brother commented... Um, answering answering a question from last time, what's a video game that you remember from your childhood? He said Super Mario Brothers three, classic, great game, Cla great um, game, one of the best of the Super Mario Brother trilogy. Um, so and it always had that storyline to it. it but the storyline in Super Mario Brothers is like two lines long. Literally, it's princess kidnapped. Safer. She's not yep. here. <laughs> like, that's it. Yep, it's Bowser has Peach, find Peach. You think she's here? No, I'm, I'm digging not, her somewhere else. JK, I'm a, I'm a mushroom. I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, That's it. Like, that, yeah. It, the the storyline for Mario is so simple, but it's there. Yeah. It's just... And it was the same storyline in all of them. Paper of them. Mario, Yoshi, mm -hmm. like... You know, the one where he flew and stuff, like, all of them. I mean, it definitely, we get some nice variations on it, but yeah, it's, it, a lot of it is very similar, so. That's actually something I'd like to look into. I might try to look into that if Ooh. I have time sometime. And uh, hopefully the research you find supports what you, what you want it to, because if not, you're going <laughs> to manipulate the data and lie to no, me. No, I won't manipulate that data. <laughs> when it comes to genuine research that affects, like my opinion or other people's opinions, I genuinely care about it. My research paper for comp two, the <laughs> only person that's gonna read it is my professor. I do not give two shits. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so let's wrap this up. All right, so what's something that you procrastinate or something that you have come up with, whether it's a task or an object mm -hmm. to help you not procrastinate? Yeah. Or even, what is your favorite thing to do instead of what you're supposed to do? <laughs> what do you use to procrastinate? I think yeah. those are a couple of really good questions. I would love to hear any of those answers. So you can comment on either my Facebook post or my Instagram post. Both of those pages are at Gabrielle Bellardo, and you'll be able to find either searching precisely that name. Feel free to tweet me at unexpectedlygabby. That link is somewhere over the rainbow. 
Um, Dan, do you have your things up and going yet? Uh, maybe if you can find them. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we might make a Facebook page strictly for the podcast, just yeah, so that like all of that that's started. in one area. So um, eventually I'll post that link on my Facebook page and mm-hmm. on my Instagram, and you'll and be we'll able to find that. It. And we'll put everything there. So uh, until we stop procrastinating that and get it done, this has been Millenniating. Peace out, guys. Bye.